Today's Run Hunter, brought to you by Raider Media. Coming up on the show, I chat to SA running legend Bruce Fordyce. We look ahead to the weekend's big race in Joburg, namely the Bobby's Half Marathon. Steve Hill gives his best tech advice for running. Darren Kubel-Brahm unpacks his comrades' knowledge know-how. And we profile a young but extremely popular club, Runzone. What a tune, what an intro, how catchy is that? I didn't sing it, by the way. I'm Derek Alberts. Welcome to Run Hunter, episode one. It's a passion project of mine. It's been a passion project of mine for a couple of years, but I never got it off the ground. Finally, it's happening. A new year, a new resolution, a new podcast. And really, it's just to talk about running in South Africa uh, it will mainly focus on the happenings in and around Gauteng, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely try our best to get further out there as far as the greatest South Africa is concerned with regards to events or anything of the like. You can get hold of us if you've got a race to preview, review, anything you want to talk about regarding running. Uh, yeah, get a hold of us. So you can email me at info at Raider Media. That's uh, Raider, R-A-Y-D-E-R dot media. Or you can get hold of me on Twitter. It's at Derek Alberts one Yeah, welcome to episode one. Um, the idea is that we just keep on talking about running with regards to any subject. And uh, yeah, featuring interviews with uh, some big names. You heard in the in- intro, don't really get much bigger than Bruce Fordyce. So I caught up with him and you'll hear from him a little later in the show. So yeah, welcome to episode one. Hope you'll enjoy. Gonna hit the ground running. So looking back at the big weekend of racing, plenty of races around the country, but uh, arguably the biggest took place here in Johannesburg. It was the ever-popular Johnson Crane Higher Marathon, which once again attracted thousands to the streets of Benoni this past weekend. It's notoriously flat and fast, and the first big one of the year. Now 9,000 athletes who took on either the 42K or the 21K distances uh, were in attendance, while a further 4,000 competed in 10K or 5K routes. I remember doing the, the 5K back about three or four years ago. I think it was my second race. Would have been my second race ever in Johannesburg, disappointingly so. Uh, but yeah, I've uh, luckily improved since then. Uh, not my much, though. Uh, well done, as always, to Benoni Harriers Athletic Club for putting on a superb event. And uh, as for the results, Polani Butelezi from Marion Roberts Running and Corella Hubert from Box Athletic Club, they won the 10K in the half marathon. It was again runners uh, from those two clubs who took podium places. 
Boxers Lucky Mohala bagged first place in the half. Marion Roberts' Olympian marathon athlete Christine Carmer claimed the top women's podium. And then in the big one, the full marathon, it was Joseph Magnesi of Anglo-American Athletic Club who claimed first in a time of 2 hours, 23 minutes and 47 seconds. And 2016 Comrades Marathon women's champion Shai Bossman, who's now running for Marion Roberts, incidentally, she defended her Johnson Crane crown with a quick time of 2 hours, 44 minutes and 52 seconds. So a great race that was. Well done to all the athletes that competed, all the finishers, and even those that just uh, got over the starting line. Uh, Really uh, an event that we all look forward to in Johannesburg and from around the country. I know plenty of people flew down for the event, given the fact that uh, it's certainly not the hardest race in the world and uh, it really does allow you to get that Comrades qualifier and uh, get that out of the way so early in the year. But now let's look ahead to what we can uh, expect this weekend. In Joburg. Gonna hit the ground running. Right, looking ahead to one of the major races on the Johannesburg running calendar taking place this weekend. Now, it was about four or five years ago where I took on my first ever road race in Johannesburg. I wasn't much of a runner back then. Not much of a runner now, but I do a hell of a lot more of it. And it was the Bobby's 21K road race. And that takes place at Greenstone Mall. Now, I didn't do the 21, I didn't do the 10, I did the, the measly 5k fun run. Um, at, uh, since then, I have managed to progress somewhat. But uh, on the line now, we've got uh, one of the main organizers, Dion Ellis. Uh, Dion, big weekend ahead, excited? Yes, uh, pretty excited and uh, quite a bit stressed as well to get everything together for the weekend. But looking forward to the weekend. Talk us through the logistics of organizing a race of this magnitude. I mean, of course, this is your numero uno for the year. And, I mean, how, how, how far in advance uh, do preparations begin? Uh, well, though, we, we, we left it a little bit late uh, last year when we started our things. Uh, but we got the Greenstone Running Club uh, together and they assisting us with the organizing. Um, but yes, it takes quite a lot of uh, hours of uh, administration and uh, putting things together, uh, risk uh, man- management and uh, risk plans and risk assessments and all those things that uh, are required from the jock uh, when we present our race. So yes, there's quite a lot of things going into race organizing that I, I don't think people will ever realize how much work goes into it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do. I, I think that just being in the vicinity of any race, you can understand that there's a lot of work involved. But uh, yeah, we take our hats off to you nonetheless. Now, you mentioned Greenstone, Greenstone Hill Running Club. Great to have them on board. But of course, they're not the official club hosting this. It's, it's you guys. Can you tell us a bit, a bit, about, a bit more about you guys? Yes, uh, we are the SAPS uh, Gauteng Athletics Club. Uh, we've been around for quite a long time. We used to host this event in the Mayfair area in Johannesburg. And then uh, we moved to Greenstone. Uh, this is the sixth year that we will be hosting it at uh, Greenstone Shopping Centre. And looking forward to it, uh, uh, the race has definitely grown quite a lot. Uh, last year we had uh, around 3,000 entrants uh, for the three uh, distances. And uh, we're probably looking at uh, around three to three and a half thousand uh, for this year again. Lovely. And entry-wise, uh, as always, I'm sure that competitors can enter on the day, but ideally you want them to try and snap up entries beforehand. 
Yes, correct. Uh, we have online entries. Uh, they're still open. They will close on the 31st of uh, January, um, but uh, still available. And we will also sell late entries at the venue on Friday afternoon and Saturday morning, as well as on race day uh, before the event. Entry fees? Uh, entry fees for the 21 is 150 rand for the 21, 120 for the 10k, and then obviously the grandmasters pay less. So I think it's uh, 60 rand for the 21 and 50 rand for the 10, and then it's 40 rand for the fun run, the 5k fun run. Can you tell and us? Then a- there's license fees involved. People that are not registered club runners, uh, they have to buy 10 licenses as well. Uh, which will be 30 rand for the 10 and 35 rand for the 21, uh, basically. Can you tell us a bit more about the route itself? As far as I remember, it is a double lap. And I remember the, the ending being really great, one of the better ones in Johannesburg that I've enjoyed. Uh, uh, a nice leisurely downhill for the last uh, four or five Ks, if I remember, before looping back up. And then you've got that uh, gradual incline towards the finish over at Greenstone. Yes, uh, yeah, so double lap route, uh, the, uh, the 21, uh, the double lap of the 10 with the extra loop for the uh, make up the other kilometer. Um, it starts at the entrance of uh, entrance four of Greenstone, then it goes through Eden, Edenville and Iliandale area with a bit of a climb in Terrace Road, uh, and then it's gradually sort of uh, undulating, but very little climbs uh, other in Marofontein Road, and then it's flat again, and then you get the about 700 meter uh, steep climb just before the finish for the 10k, and then the 21 will do that climb twice. Oh, I cannot wait. So for those wanting still to enter, log on to bobbies21.coza and 6 a.m. starts on Sunday, and that is the 3rd of February. Thanks so much, Dion. We'll see you Sunday. Gonna hit the ground running. So that race taking place on Sunday, but there's always a race on Saturday, every Saturday, everywhere in the country and beyond. The man responsible for having brought the famed park run to South Africa is none other than Bruce Fordyce. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, there's a buzzword that's been flying around a lot lately in sport journalism. It's an acronym, namely GOAT. And I went on Twitter today saying that it's a word that I really can't stand because ideally it needs to be only applied to a select few, yet I don't think a day goes by where I don't hear it. It's an acronym that stands for greatest of all time. However, there is one man that it could surely apply to from a South African road running perspective. Uh, he's a man that's really done it all and he's conquered the greatest race of all, the Comrades Marathon, nine times consecutively. Doing so between 1981 and 1981 was a good one. I was also born there, so it's a start of many great things. Uh, Bruce Fordyce, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, yeah, how are you doing? And um, how, what are you up to these days? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm great. I'm still running, Derek. Um, 1981, wow. That's, uh, I didn't realize I was talking to somebody so young. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to, be, to be part of my running group, we've got a group called the Pensioners. To be part of my running group, uh, we ran this morning. You have to remember what you were doing when you heard that Kennedy was assassinated. You have to be able to name all four Beatles. Okay. And you have to say, and, and you have to tell uh, everyone which of the three Apollo 11 astronauts did not walk on the moon. Oh, wow. And then you're in. 
So you would probably fail on, on at least a couple of those, eh? Well, we've got the Beatles, so that's what. So it's Leonardo, Donatello, Rafa. Um, <laughs> now, I, 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 I would get the, I'd get the Beatles. Obviously, I wasn't around with JFK and then the Apollo. Which ones didn't walk on the moon? Which one? There were three of them. There's always one astronaut when Apollo. The reason I'm, we're talking Apollo um, is that this is the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon, and they did go. I can't stand those conspiracy theory people. Yeah. Um, um, they, did, they did go. They did land, and they were completely astonishing, and so were the seven other missions after them. But uh, it was Michael Collins who had to remain behind in the mothership while Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. Uh, I've got a very close friend who is an absolute space nut, and uh, I wouldn't have got Michael yeah. Collins, so he's definitely going to yeah. chastise me for that. But uh, Bruce, um, yeah, geez, uh, 1981 was your first one, and it also coincided with the um, the famous black armband protest of yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us um, a bit more about that. Yeah, so the, the armband protest was the fact that the 1981 comrades was suddenly, at, a, at the 11th hour, incorporated into the Republic Day Nationalist Government apartheid celebrations of 20 years of apartheid rule. And it, it was because it was Republic Day in those days, May the 31st, and the Nationalist Government decided to hold a whole lot of celebratory tank parades and fly past um, and various sort of almost Hitler Jürgen type celebrations um, and politicians wagging their fingers at us, you know, with Homburg hats on. And to a shame, our comrades agreed to uh, be one of those events. And so it became the 1981 comrades of the Republic Day comrades marathon with the old flag attached to all the literature you got. And there were a whole lot of people who withdrew immediately, withdrew immediately, and then there were a few, like me, selfishly, who thought, I don't want to withdraw because I've got a good chance of winning this thing, who decided our compromise would be to wear black armbands to show our displeasure with that decision. And so it was quite a naive thing to do when I look back at it in those days because I thought, yeah, you can show that you're not happy. Well, um, I was the most hated runner on the course, you know, you can't find a single South African now who would say that they voted for the old regime, but I can promise you there were hundreds of them along that road that day and other runners. And I got uh, pelted with tomatoes and eggs and booze. I was not alone, by the way, with armband. I was just a prominent one in the front. Um, but I won, you know, and I won with a record. So that was the kind of... Uh, yeah, and then, and then, and then to all the people who were booing me along the way. And I was a very unhappy winner, and it was a very unhappy Comrades Marathon that year. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm still incredibly proud of what I did, and I'm, I was very young, very naive, and I think I pat myself on the back for that. It's one of the, I've made many, many mistakes in life, but that was the right decision that day. Yeah, as as do we. And, I mean, that was the start, as I mentioned, of of nine consecutive Conrad, Comrades victories. Uh, what do you hail as as your, your best or, or most impressive uh, along the way? Oh, um, my 1983 uprun with Adrian Steed doing a wonderful commentary and Chariots of Fire playing as I came up Polly's. I just... I never, I was never tired. I just, I don't remember being tired at all. I, I remember being completely in control. And I flew up, Polly's, and I won by 15 minutes. So that was 
pretty good. Um, but it's hard, you know, in 1986 down run against Bob Delamotte and Hazard Charlie uh, was the fastest comrades I ever ran. And tactically, I didn't, I didn't make a single mistake. I ran it perfectly, perfectly planned. Well, the other two guys knew that I was going to go on 45th cutting because that's the hill 8Ks to go on the down run. They knew I would go. I knew I would go, and I did. And that was, uh, and I could never get a, a big gap on them because they were magnificent runners. But, uh, but it, yeah, that was planned, pre-planned, and went to plan. Yeah, I'll just read. probably those. You know, though, 88, 88 up run. I improved on my 83 time, uh, and I was the first person to break five and a half hours going up. So that also, you know, it's a funny thing if you've got a lot of wind in something, they're like your children. You know, there's the naughty one, the bad one, the good one, the brilliant one. You know, so I'm fond of them all. Well, 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 having a look at those times, I mean, 83 you mentioned, so that was uh, 5 hours, 30, 12, and then 86. Yes, the 12 seconds hurt a bit, the 12 seconds hurt. <laughs> uh, I, I can imagine, jeez, just, just yeah. close to breaking the 5.30. But then, uh, yeah, you, you eventually did it uh, pretty quickly to break the 5.30. And then you mentioned that 86 time, 5.24.07. And that still stands uh, as your quickest. No, 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 no. It's been, it's been broken, yeah. Yeah. No, it's been broken, out, yeah. But, uh, well, well, yours was, uh, I mean, that was still your best. And, um, I mean, oh, that, yeah, that's my five, yeah. Couldn't get, I didn't ever run faster than that, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, how many comrades have you done now in total? 30, Derek. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, I've done 30 comments. Jeez, but I mean, I'm a youngster. You know, those guys like Barry Holland and Louis Massain are doing their, what, 47th or 48th. 30, you're a, you're a novice still, according to those guys. I'd love to hear the questions that they have to answer to get into their running club. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you planning on doing it this year? No, no, Derek. I'm, I think I'm almost finished with comrades but i say almost because you never know and there's a hundred is coming up but my finally after all these years my right knee is really a bit dodgy and so i'm going to try and nurse it through the 50th two oceans this year um and and two oceans also very close to my heart so that's that's going to be a wonderful celebration 50 years of, of the two oceans and i'm sure there'll be a special medal and a special party and it'll be good to be part of it and I will be bringing up the rear not too many people behind me but um, it's a chance I think that will be my last two oceans it's a chance to say goodbye to Fishhook Circle and Musenberg and Little Chapman's and Constantia Nick and yeah I think probably my last one Wow, so uh, a, a, a potentially iconic race, uh, seeing the last running of Bruce Fordyce uh, at the Two Oceans. And unfortunate uh, about there being a party afterwards, because uh, I know that you hate a party. I hate a party, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm hoping for the party before and afterwards. <laughs> just, not, just, not, just not the Friday night before we run, you know, a couple of nights before that. <laughs> Um, Bruce, you you mentioned uh, you went for a run today. I mean, just uh, apart from comrades, apart from the likes of Two Oceans, how often are you running? Still getting out on the road uh, very often, despite uh, your your injuries. Yeah, yeah, no, I run every day. So I run every day a minimum of ten k's. Wow. I don't have a continual streak, if you know what I mean, because yeah. from time to time, that every day is interrupted by travel or foul weather or, you know, or work commitments. But 
I'll go 10 days in a row without having an interruption easily. Oh, man. I, yes. I take my hat off to you. I was just, uh, I was just in Peru, and I decided that uh, on the 1st of Jan, I'd, I'd make it my absolute mission to run every single day for the rest of the year, or for the year. And I think I, I, yeah. I, I, the streak broke on, on the 3rd of January, unfortunately. So um, Yeah, well, you, you know, that streaking becomes very difficult. I met the ultimate streaker, Ron Hill, from the UK at, at the London Marathon one year. And Ron ran every single day from some a day in April 1964. Wow. He ran every single day. And then eventually he had some heart issues. He's in his 70s now. He had some heart issues and his family begged him to stop. Uh, his, minimum, his minimum run was a mile. That is so incredible. over the years, he's run at least a mile, so 1.6K is at least that, with flu, with a broken ankle. Um, because, of, because of the international timeline, I think he's had to run around the departure lounges of airports and stuff like that in order <laughs> to not miss a day or gain a day. Or And his, his response when he, he finally, his, his doctors and his family said, Thank goodness I'm off that conveyor belt. He said it was becoming a nightmare. Oh, and can, I'm sure for all those years. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Jeez, you're, you're continuously tracing the dragon, so to speak. Um, Bruce, yeah. you, you were instrumental in in bringing parkrun to South Africa, and yeah. that, that has now really yeah. changed the running game in this country uh, unbelievably. So, I mean, it, it goes from strength to strength. And I contacted you yesterday regarding the, the photo that I saw of the new one uh, taking place at Vitz. I think it's it's been going for about three months now. Yeah, so parkrun is, is really, now I'm completely addicted and I can become evangelical about it. So you have to just stop me if I do. But it's the most astonishing thing and the thing of which I'm proud of. To get the comrades, my friends have said my comrades win for myself and if I inspired a couple of other people to run, that's great. But parkrun is, is legacy stuff. I mean, we started with one in November 2011 and 26 people came. And next week, we will have our one millionth registration and we will have 180 different venues. And I'm, I'm off to Grafrenet to start Park on Grafrenet on Saturday. Um, yeah, this is one of them. They're, they're, we're all over. So we're everywhere that you can imagine there is a park on a Saturday morning. You take your barcode at three, you can walk, you can be large, you can be out of shape. No one's going to laugh at you. We should call it park walk. Um, and they will take your time. Yeah, and it's everywhere from Springbok to the foothills of the Drakensberg to the beaches. We're in Namibia, and Namibia started. Swaziland's about to get its second one. And if it weren't for the troubles going on in Zimbabwe, we'd be launching in Zimbabwe right now. So we're going up into Africa, and yeah, there's some other minor sports. I'm going to sound very arrogant now, but there's other minor sports like football, rugby, cricket, netball, those sorts of things. Why would you bother? No one goes to those things. <laughs> Saturday morning, this last Saturday morning, two Saturday mornings ago, we had 64,000 people running. Uh, your um, uh, one million registrations, you say, in about a week's time? Yeah, we're already preparing all the kind of the media stuff. and yeah, that. It, will happen, it will happen on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday next week. The millionth barcode will be will be printed. Um, you know, not all those million have participated. I yeah, mean, yeah, of some, course. Some enter and then get cold feet. And so I almost want to talk to him and say, come along, we just don't want all one million to arrive on one day. But um, 
Yeah, it's one million and we're seven years old. So the frightening thing for us is what will we be when we're a teenager? Yeah. And, and so the, then, the word parkrun, yeah, will we'll enter the English lexicon. It will be a word that everybody knows exactly what parkrun means. It means 5K free hand run on a Saturday morning. Don't forget your barcode. That will, is what it means. I think it's entered already into the lexicon, to be honest. I, I yeah. don't know a single person that, that doesn't know what a parkrun is. And I, I'm talking across the board, whether I'm talking to a, a 10-year-old or a 50-year-old, um, and whether they're into a sport or not. I mean, everyone knows Saturdays are parkrun days. Yep, they are. Um, we will know we truly arrive when the two oceans have to shift to a Sunday. <laughs> well, no, who knows? We're, Once, not, we're not we're not that arrogant. Well, well, well uh, we maybe are, that's one of the saddest, Yeah, that's one of the Saturdays on this park run. Well, maybe you can it's make it one of your oceans. demands when you when you call it quits uh, with your final no. two oceans. You can say, "Well, uh, I hereby <laughs> decree that it will not be run on a Sunday." No, no I think they'll be they'll be waving they'll be badger waving uh, back of me. You know, just see the back of me. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to two oceans this year as well. I can imagine. Now, I mean, just just back to the park run. So you say you're expecting it next week sometime. So I mean, how how many on average per day or per week? I don't know if you you have those numbers offhand. Okay, at the moment, last week was eight thousand people joined. This week, at the moment, it looks like it's going to be about six and a half thousand people will join. There's a, there's a rush at the beginning of every January when we call it New Year's Resolution Saturday with. Thousands of people come back and think they drank too much and ate too much over the holidays and they're fat and they need to lose shape. So, I mean, gain shape. So they, they, um, yeah, they join us and then it tails off. And then it, through the year, it's probably about 5,000 people a week who join. There's, uh, how many, how many park runs are there now? Do you know uh, around the country? And it's going to sound really silly because I'm the CEO and I started it here, but it's about 180. And the reason I say it's about 180 is because we've got a couple that are in temporary abeyance. There's a lovely one in uh, Westbury, which uh, the community there uh, adores, but they've got big excavations and building going on, so they're on hold. There's Mahoon Point, which is fantastic in Cape Town, but the, the local council, the Buffalo City Council, in their wisdom has Stops us running there, so we're having a bit of an ongoing fight with them. So, they, so it, but call it 180. But you know, as I said, this week we Saturday, um, Clark Renette joins the family. Then next Saturday, Peter Teeth, and the following Saturday, Hraskop, and we just keep going like that. There's more and more coming everywhere. So every every little dorky wants one now. So it's just fantastic. And the biggest thing about Parkrun has nothing to do with the exercise. That's great that people come along and they have a bit of a walk or a run. But the thing we've seen that we are biggest at is that it's about um, social cohesion. People can't wait to see each other on a Saturday morning. And it's about communities coming together. And when we've got so many people and in government and all sorts of things, people trying to divide us and creating racial tensions, you must see what Parkrun is. Yeah. People just hug each other on a Saturday morning. I mean, I told you I was going to wax evangelical, but it is an amazing thing to be part of. And my happiest time is a Saturday morning because it's just so rewarding. No, please, by all means, so, uh, wax away. I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I, I haven't done too many park runs. I, I think uh, I'm at around 30 or oh, 40 now. Oh, shame, Derek. I know, I know. Oh, it's, it's, shame. It's, it's not great. But uh, I've probably... Had, 
done about six or seven different venues um, with about 30 oh, or 40, okay. 40 in total. And um, the, the, my favorite one here in Joburg is at Lone Hill, which I really enjoy. And I often take okay. my daughter, who she's three years old, and uh, one of my best mates, Hank, he's done a couple of comrades. So then him and I always join together, and he brings his little one. And they, they end up doing it, but we right at the back, and they're doing it on their push bikes. And I, is that, that okay? It's okay if they're on their bikes? Not really. Oh. Not really. Um, you know, the thing is, one is bikes are, are tricky because okay. people fall over them. And then secondly, three is a little bit old, but I mean, a little bit young. So, but you know what? Bring them along and let them ride around another area while they're waiting for you, whatever. Okay. Um, oh, I actually but, always wondered about yeah, that, you, funny enough, because a, people are really, really kind. Yeah. So they don't, they, they don't want to say, hey, no, it's not really on. No, you, bikes not, you see, bikes and people don't mix over. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just that, anyway, but so... You have a treat ahead of you, you see, because you haven't explored the rest of South Africa, the parklands that we've got there. I mean, if I had to tell you, I know particular order, but George Parkland is completely breathtaking. Route 44 in Stellenbosch is mind-boggling in, in autumn. Um, Cannibal's Cave, which is a Zulu parkland below uh, the Darkensburg, the wall of the Darkensburg, is so exciting. Um Century City, which is an urban one, it's like the Monaco, Monaco Grand Prix of Parkland. That's just wonderful. Um, Springbok in the desert. Uh, you know, you can hear um, uh, Melfoss Strand down the down the, the Melfoss uh, beach. That's completely on the beach. Um, and I'm going to leave off some bits. My alma mater. It's fun running through the campus. Uh, and you know, it's always the same. It's five k's. It's free. It's a Saturday morning. Well, I, so I'm we're looking forward to uh, to and this weekend because we're on the edge of the Kandibu National Park, the Valley of Desolation. I know it's going to be another stunner. Oh, that would be. I'm originally from the Eastern right. Caps. I know Grafrenet once. Oh, okay. so. And then, by the way, we're very proud in the Fuller Park in Soweto, uh, Bulitando, some great park runs there. Where, where the, where, when you see the people warming up, that's the funniest. They've got music playing. And they're all touching their toes and jumping up and getting warming up before they do the 5K. I love it. Oh, man. And, and you get a, a parkrun tourist, if I'm not mistaken. If you do how many before you get a, a special... Yeah, so you, you're a tourist when you've done 20 different venues. Okay. Not 20 different runs, but yeah. 20 different venues. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, that, yeah, and then you, then you become a tourist and then you become completely addicted. Well, uh, and you're in a lot of trouble because then you'll get on a plane to go all the way to somewhere for for the launch of a park run miles, thousands of k's away from where you live. Uh, I'm happy to take up the challenge. I think it's a great concept. Uh, you say around 180. I think it would be magnificent to try yeah. and get as many as one can under the belt. Have you done all of them? No. Um, I, for a long time, I had done them all, but now it's becoming impossible because on some weekends, we start two at the same time. So... I can tell you that just looking at our board here, because I'm in my office on the 16th of February, Broncos Sprague Park Run will join the family, but so will Jock Trail Park Run, which will be Kruskal. Um And then on the 22nd of February, Fixburg in the Free State, uh, starting but so is Homestead Park Run, which is another one in Joburg. So you can see it becomes impossible. Yeah, I can imagine. You, you have to make choices, and I always usually go to the one that's furthest away or the one that I think I'd be most value at. And then if it's a local one, I try and bank it 
for a Saturday when for some reason or other we don't have a new opening and then I can go and visit that one. But I'm still I'm falling behind. The person who's done the most is Jabum Keys. Jabu Jabs as we call him from Cape Town has tried to do every single one and I think he's about two or three behind. Wow. And, and he, he lives in Cape Town and thinks nothing of getting on a plane and then driving for hundreds of k's to do a Park parkrun in the far northern Cape. He will go and do that. Well, you the might, ticket, you know, you might see him at Garfinet this weekend then. Oh, no, no. I know I will. <laughs> yeah. In fact, we're about the same speed, so we tend to run together. Yeah. Bruce, uh, finally, uh, we're still staying on the subject. Um, yeah. Having experienced all these wonderful park runs, what is your favorite? I know it's like asking your favorite child. And what is the toughest that you've run? And then maybe what's the easiest? Wow. Um, okay, so this is going to sound corny, but I'm stealing it from parkrunner uh, Dieter Mayer, who has done the second most number of parkruns in South Africa. I think he's close to a total of 400. Um, uh, Dieter says his favorite parkrun is the one where his friends are running. Ah. And I think that that's me too. Where my friends are, it doesn't matter what the venue is. Um, the fastest and flattest, if you want to break your PB, uh, St. Francis in Cape St. Francis is very quick. Rondebosch Common, two left of Rondebosch Common down in Cape. And Walters Bay in, in Namibia. I, I, that's where I, that is really quick. Um, Alongside that, the ocean, there's no wind, and it's very cool, and it's flat, flat, flat. But the only thing is, as you're running, you may have to duck all the flamingos that take off because you're scared. And, um, the toughest, without a doubt, is a thousand hills in Bosworth Hill in KZN. And that is, you go down for one kilometer, down, down, down into the valley of the shadow of death, I like to say, and then and you have to come up for 4Ks. So for 4Ks, you just switch back to coming up. And when we first started that park run, I told the organizers it wouldn't be suitable. It's just too hard, and it's not going to work. You you can't think of elite athletes, trail runners like Ryan Sands. You've got to think of Tani Mildred Labaskakni, who's large and slow, and she doesn't want to struggle. And we were going to change the route or close it down, but... Every single person who did it said, no, we absolutely love it. They love the challenge. So Thousand Hills has become a badge of honor that if you're a park runner, you have to tick it. You have to do it at least once. Yeah. So that's without a doubt the toughest. Oh, man, so many wonderful park runs. Uh, you've got me on, a, yeah, on yeah, an absolute see. mission. To, to yeah, you're in kids. trouble because you've only done you've only done six different things. Yeah, you're yeah, in a lot of trouble. No, you're right. I am. Oh. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to definitely change my ways. And Bruce, let's keep in touch. I, I'd love to maybe yeah, sure. we'll do the uh, a live podcast uh, out at the opening of, of one that's around Joburg, or maybe who knows, or somewhere in South Africa. But yeah. uh, we'll keep in touch where, with your whereabouts, where you will be at the next opening, and uh, maybe we can join up. Yeah. So. So one thing is for absolutely for sure, every Saturday I am at a park run, with the exception of, of two Saturdays in the year. One is the two oceans, which I love, and I'm always there, and I'm, unfortunately it clashes with park run. And the other one is the Kakuza Kruger Park Half Marathon, which I run every year, and that is also on a Saturday. But otherwise, the other 50 Saturdays of the year I'm park running. 
Brilliant. Well, I look forward to seeing you. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks, Eric. Have a great trip down to Graf Renette and uh, send my regards down to the crew. Yes, you're part of the world, yeah. Love it. Cheers, okay. Bruce. Gonna hit the ground running. So on the show, apart from exclusive interviews with famous names like Bruce Fordyce, we'll also have reviews and previews of races, and we'll also have regular features. First up, a look at some new tech that will make your running life a bit easier. The Tech Session with Steve Hill. Right, we are crossing now to Steve Hill, a man of many talents, especially when it comes to running. He's a veteran of a couple of Comrades Marathons. I think it's uh, three now, including doing back-to-back a a few years ago. He's also a man who loves his tech, especially when it comes to running. So every week we're going to be catching up with Steve and uh, talk about uh, anything new that's out there that you can incorporate into your running game, uh, be it at home, being out on the road, or even trail running, uh, whatever. But Steve, Steve, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Derek. Uh, it will be three comrades in June, hopefully. Ooh, two okay, two. But they were back-to-back, eh? Yeah, correct. And uh, you just completed, uh, I think, your first marathon of the year at uh, the famous one, Johnson Crane. Johnson Crane High Marathon. Yeah, went very well yesterday. Early start to the day, and I got myself a personal best which is what I was aiming for. I finally broke that magical four-hour mark. I think for many runners, that's like a psychological barrier. For me, definitely. So it's done. I'm qualified for comrades, ready to go. Now the hard work starts. Jeez, and that was your first attempt uh, at a marathon to qualify for comrades since the last comrades, uh, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, correct. I haven't run a marathon for uh, since April 2017, for almost two years. Wow, geez, that's, that's incredible. Well done. And, uh, okay, so now I gave the intro. You do really enjoy tech. Uh, you're always uh, letting me know about the latest stuff that's out there. I never really make use of it. Um, but you certainly are the best guy for this. What can you kick us off with this time around? So, yeah, tech, tech for me is at the heart of running. I would never run... 5Ks without, without tech. Um, I started with, they used to do these little pods that you put in your shoes and then they changed your steps. And I, I found those weren't very accurate. And technology has evolved. That was uh, quite a while ago. It's evolved. Uh, they, they've now built those into apps. And then slowly on your phone, the pods and all those kind of things disappeared because your phone is a walking GPS. You can get apps from many manufacturers. You can do anything you want to do in running. Similar to the watches, but if, you, if you're just starting out, uh, I would recommend using an app from anybody that you can find for running. But the one that I really use, and I've used it since uh, early on in my running career, is RunKeeper. Uh, it works with almost every smartwatch, every kind of technological thing that you can think of for running. They've incorporated in there. So it's, it's quite a good app, and it's, like I said, universal and generic. You say that there, there are a couple of running apps out there. I know I've toyed with a few, but RunKeeper, funny enough, is, is one of the ones that I use. Um, what sets it apart from the rest? There is a very, very good basic package where you don't have to spend a cent. And for somebody who's starting out, who wants to get a feel for running, who wants to track their runs, their overall mileage, their weekly mileage, their monthly mileage, yearly mileage, uh, it does all of that for you for nothing. 
you don't have to spend a cent. You can um, link your watch. You can you can just run with the phone strapped to your arm. It picks up the GPS. It works very well. It allows you to do playlists, and it's a simple setup. You can track the shoes that you're wearing. I mean, I'm doing all the, mentioning all the kind of things now that most runners will get you. Maybe as a, as a newbie or somebody who's not so okay with running, you you only looking at some of them. Maybe you just want to see how far you're running. But I mean, as you get further into it, you want to know how far your shoes have gone. Maybe you've got a favorite playlist. Um, and then as you push it on further, they also incorporate training plans. And then, like I said, this is the free version. They do have a premium version where you can get full-on training plans. You can set goals and targets and work towards something. And all of this in a simple app. They also have basic training plans that, that come free. But uh, it's a general app that can do almost everything you want in running right up there, up front, and it works with everything. It's, it's simple and easy to use. And I think for somebody starting out, that would be a fantastic thing to, to get hold of. And it's on iOS and Android platforms as well, so that covers everything. And if you do use it for the first time, you say you don't need to splurge on any cash, and then you can also use it just as is, just with your phone. Hey, You don't need to link it up uh, to a watch or anything else. I mean, it can operate by itself. Yes, correct. You, you create yourself a profile and you make sure you've got GPS connectivity and off you go. Simple. Brilliant stuff. Uh, so just repeat it again. What's, uh, what's it called? It's called Runkeeper. Runkeeper. Okay. Well, uh, keep on running, Steve. Uh, when's your next race? This weekend, uh, I do believe I'm doing a 21-kilometer run and I think you might be joining me. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. If I can work out my timetable, I will be there. I think it was about four or five years ago where I did my first ever race at Bobby's. Um, it was a 5K. It was my first race ever in Johannesburg. Um, so I'd like to return uh, for my third time. Uh, the last time I ran Bobby's was two years ago. I did the half. So I'll be looking to try it again uh, soon. Greenstone Bobby's. Nothing less than half this year for Derek Alvin. There we go. Thanks, Steve-O. Cheers. Gonna hit the ground running. From one comrade's marathoner to another, now this man is by no means an expert, but he's getting there. My friend Darren, who's like you and me, he's just a regular guy looking to conquer another comrade while juggling life along the way. Cubal's Comrade's Corner. Right, a couple of months to go before we hit towards the grail of running. It is the Comrades Marathon, of course, whether you are a road runner, a trail runner, or a mountain runner, any runner really, you've always got comrades at the back of your mind. It is the showpiece event in South Africa when it comes to running, and uh, one of the biggest in the world. Of course, it is the biggest uh, ultramarathon in the world. Uh, and uh, we have on the line cue ball Darren Brom, good friend of mine who has done plenty of comrades marathons, just missed out last year, but uh, he is determined to do it again this time around. Darren, how many comrades have you completed? Very good, yes, I've completed seven now. Seven, wow, and oh, man, heartbreaking stuff last year. Tell us what happened. Uh, you know what, it started to fall apart at around about uh, 70 k's. Uh, personally, I think I'd done too much training, believe it or not. Uh, I fell into the trap of doing too much distance and not enough quality work. Um, got to 70 k's and the legs came apart. So it was a struggle from there on into the finish. I managed to cross the finish line, but unfortunately, the time had passed by the time I got there. 
You make a very good point about training too hard because to the layman out there, including me, you'd hear that and you think, well, that's impossible. You can't possibly train too hard. But I mean, I've been with you over the last couple of years where you have been training just generally. But last year when you were going for Comrades 2018, I mean, I've never seen you run as much as, as you ha- had um, over the course in the build-up to the 2018 event. And knowing other friends that have done Comrades, I mean, they paled in comparison to your training. And I mean, you're a fit guy. You're exceptionally fit now. But yet, sometimes it will just come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah, no, definitely. I think a lot of people get caught in that trap of uh, overtraining. It's such a fine balance of trying to find uh, the right amount of distance to do. Um, most people are going to be scared to do too little distance. Uh, you'll hear most of the top runners or the uh, Bruce Ford artists will always be saying, you've got to put a lot of distance on your legs. You've got to train that you run on tired legs. Um Personally, I'm going to try a new tactic this year and go a little bit less distance and maybe try do more quality work. Definitely more heels. Obviously, this year is the up run, uh, not my favorite. So I'll definitely be trying to train the legs to handle the heels because the heels of comrades, especially in the second half of the up run, uh, it's really, really difficult. So six months away from Comrades 2019, it's on the 9th of June. You mentioned it's the uprun. So starting from Durban side, heading towards Peter Maritzburg, where would you like to be in your training right now? And I say you, I mean the colloquial you, including everyone listening. Uh, where, whereabouts would, would you like to be headed? I mean, is it okay to come off Christmas having feasted massively on gammon and turkey and the rest and having not taken one step on the road and you can head into Comrades 2019 confident if you say start tomorrow? Um, you know what? When I was younger, yes. You could start in January and then probably make it. Uh, where I'd like to be now is definitely not where I am, I'll be honest with you. I, I should have at least run my marathon, my qualifier. I feel I should have run my qualifying marathon this month. It uh, looks like I'm going to have to postpone that because I'm a little bit behind. I, I reckon I'm about two or three weeks behind in training. Um, so... Ideally, I'd like to have done the marathon and qualified. Uh, a lot of most of the people ran their qualifying marathon this weekend, which shows that the majority of the comrades runners are, are around about marathon mark now. We I'm at the moment sort of half marathon mark, if that at the moment. But I'm not uh, too stressed about that because, like I said, I want to I want to have less distance, more quality this year. So I'm I'm, I'm training more to speed up a little bit. So at the moment, even though I'm two or three weeks behind, I'm not panicking yet. I'll start panicking when I get closer to Comrades, I reckon. For those that haven't been at a Comrades marathon, which includes myself, uh, I'm ashamed to say, just tell us what makes it so special. It's uh, the 94th running of uh, this incredible event, and it will be the 48th time that it's doing the up run. And from everyone that I speak to, you especially, it is something... It's a bucket list event, not just necessarily for runners. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, personally, Comrades was always going to be on my on my radar from a young youngster. I mean, obviously, everybody watches the Comrades. It was a main fixture in our house. My mom and I would watch that religiously every year. Um, I even went as far as going to Bruce Fordyce's house to get his uh, to do a school speech. So, basically, my my, my dream was always to run Comrades. Um, and then in 2000, I, I did the first, my first comrade. I finished that one in and, 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 uh, 2001, then 
went back and did my back-to-back and finished that. Unfortunately, 2002 was the first disaster year where I missed the cutoff for 60 meters. But like you asked, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a special race. Uh, only a person that runs it, I mean, the day itself is extremely difficult. Uh, you you battle from most of the way. It's a tough race. It's a tough course. Um, for me personally, when you put your foot on that grass, uh, that feeling, I don't think, I, I cannot explain the feeling. Um, I think most comrades runners will understand what I'm saying. Uh, it's just as you put the, your foot on that grass, it's just that whole six months uh, of really dedicated training that all comes together in that last 400 meters. Uh, the crowds are just phenomenal. Um, it's just a, it's just like a cauldron of noise when you run into that stadium. Every runner feels like a winner. Um, there's never been a year I've run in and finished that. And even saying that even the year that I didn't finish and, and ran into the stadium the, twice, the two times, you feel like a champion. Uh, the, the, the spectators make you feel like you've won the comrades. Um, so from the person that finishes first to the person that comes in last, everybody's made to, be, uh, to feel special. Now you put in those days and months uh, of training and you go and you take on the comrades. It's an entire day's affair. Uh, blood, sweat and tears. You make it through to the end and you get your medal. You get the massive reward. Now, you've got an incredible story in that you don't have any medals anymore. Yeah, correct. Yeah, um, like I said, the, the, the comrades for me was very a very personal thing, uh, especially with my mom. Um, so we made it. I mean, we would literally get up every morning, watch the comrades. And I actually, in, when I was still in the trick, my mom got cancer. Uh, and at the time, while she was having her chemo and radiation, I made her a promise that I would actually run the comrades one day, but she must be at the finish line, which she agreed to. Uh, after that, it actually never materialized for quite a while. And then she got cancer again. And it was quite severe where they removed her jaw and uh, tongue, and again I made the promise that if she comes through with it, comes through, I'd, I'd run the comrades, which that was in '98, and then it took me another two years, and I did it in the 2000s, uh, and she was at the finish line, and I finished the comrades. Um, the, the funny thing about that is every year that my mother's been down at the comrades marathon, I've actually finished the comrades, and every year that she hasn't been at the finish line, I haven't finished the comrades, which is it's like a monkey on my back at the moment that I'm trying to to get off. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, my mom passed away in 2015, December. Um, and I just felt that at the time, she had been the reason I'd finished all my comrades. And so, yeah, I put my all my comrades' medals into her coffin. So I'm, I'm chasing my first personal mes- uh, medal at the moment, you could say. Oh, what a story. The magic of the comrades. Uh, yeah, so sorry for the loss of your mom. And uh, here's hoping that you do go on to get your first medal since her passing. Darren, we'll be catching up with you every week following your progress. And uh, also, we'd love to get uh, insights and information and tips from your side as to the listeners, uh, as far as their progress is concerned, if they want to go and finish uh, this magical race that is the Comrades Marathon. No, no, great. Definitely. I, I look forward to it. I just the best advice I can give at the moment is if anybody wants to finish it, don't run too close to me because I've at the moment got a 50% success rate. So if I miss it this year, it's going to be looking pretty bad. So don't run around me because there's a possibility you couldn't finish. Gonna hit the ground running. Thank you very much, Darren Cubal Brahm. Uh, no surprises why his nickname's Cubal. It's not because he's got a full head of hair. Uh, him and I, incidentally, 
looked at starting a running club a, a couple of years ago called the Cormac Chameleon. So I managed to get it registered, but logistically, it was just too tough a deal. And uh, yeah, we really struggled to, to get it off the ground. He then went on to another running club called Runzone. Club Commitments. Welcome to Club Commitments. This is where we look over clubs, running clubs, all around South Africa. Plenty in Johannesburg. And there's one that a lot of my friends frequent, Runzo. Now, I only heard about it for the first time uh, towards the beginning of last year. We were in a, a different club at the time. But then they found this one and they said this was the one to go to. So it piqued my interest. I've done a little bit of research on them. And uh, they proved to be uh, in, increasingly popular and uh, they touted as the people's club and I, I can see why uh, on the line we're chatting to Candice Liber vice chairperson of Varunza and Candice uh, good morning thanks for joining us uh, tell us a bit more about your club hey good morning thanks for having me um yes well like you say Runzone is has become the the recent club of choice just due to the fact that we call ourselves the people's running club and that's really what we are um, where we try to give uh, the people a running club that they would like. How many members do you, do you currently have? Uh, a roundabout figure, if you don't know, or fad. Okay, well, um, toward the end of last year, we're, we're just over a year old, and um, at the end, of, uh, at the end of 2018, October, we signed off on 669 members. However, this year we have been taking on quite a lot of members, and I think we're, we're now approaching the 1,000 mark. Um, if we take all our renewals into consideration, plus the new um, additions. That's an astounding number, especially given the fact that, as you said, you've only been around for, for a little over a year. Um, how, how do you accommodate everyone, and, and how does the club actually work? Do you have a headquarters? Uh, how frequently do you guys meet, etc.? Okay, well, we meet every single weekend, Saturday and Sundays. The core of our running club is our weekend club runs. We meet every single weekend. We accommodate two times, half past five and six o'clock, and all distances from five to 20 k's, and obviously leading up to marathons, we go right up to 35 k's and so on. Um, and I think that's really what attracts the numbers and um, what attracts the, the people. And, um, you know, how do we keep up? Well, what we do is we just... We just keep trying to accommodate and remain innovative and listening to the people to see what it is they want. They want routes, they want runs, they want distance, they want um, water points, they want support, they want training programs, um, they want clothes, they, they want a number of things. And that's just what we try to do. Many factors to take into account. Uh, I know that I dabbled a little while in, in organizing a running club. I think I gave it up uh, after about two weeks, and I realized that uh, <laughs> admin-wise, it was just too much to bear. Um, look, how, how, are you, how are you managing is, that? Yes, no, look, it is, um, it is um, a kind of a job that is not for everybody. It's not for the faint-hearted. However, I always say it's self-inflicted. In other words, it's really what we want. It's what we do. It's what we love. And um, it definitely has its challenges. But um, I think our attitude to, to that is how can we overcome every challenge we get? And we always, we always feel that there's a way to solve every problem. And, um, yeah, we, we, we find a way to manage through it. We do have an absolute lot of assistance at the moment. 
in the first year, we, you know, we sort of uh, started off with a handful of people um, to manage it. And then when we knew where we were heading by the end of the year, we went full on to, to arrange a proper operational committee. Um, and I'm so glad we've done that because, I mean, they've just been hands-on from, from, from when they were elected last year. And I see us, you know, running with that and just continuing to get people involved and to, uh, to, uh, to carry on assisting the, the, the load of the workload. I know one of the major commitments when starting or having a running club is to organize races annually. Uh, what races do you have under the belt? Okay, well, um, we have we have a fun run planned for Valentine's week on the 13th of February. We've uh, decided that it's a fun run, it's a night run, and it's a trail run. So it will be on Wednesday evening, which is the day that we usually host our time trials, and it's going to be at the Rand Park Golf Course. Um, that is a 5K and an 8-kilometer. And then, of course, our annual race, which we put on for the first time last year and will be the second one this year, is the Ranzone Northern Chase. And that is going to be at Mark's Park um, on the 24th of March. Last year, we held it at the Bararia Recreation Center, and um, we, 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 we outgrew that very quickly. So we've tried to put it at a venue where it will be more accommodating for future events. And yeah, that will be on the 24th of March. Oh, lovely. And you mentioned water points. I know that that's been a, a highlighted feature when chatting to friends of mine with regards to organized time trials with uh, you guys in that there's always water, uh, water points along the route, which isn't necessarily a common denominator at other time trials. Uh, yes, of course. Now, the development of the water table has actually come a long way. Um, you know, it really initially started, uh, I don't know if you know the story with um, Graham Block out of his boot with his bottle of cream soda and water and that kind of thing and moving along along the route uh, with the runners. And then and then it ended up being a truck and then we'd have a couple of, you know, and then then there was added treats on there with juice and biscuits and so on. And basically what we used to do was we used to have mobile water points whereby the runners used to just, the truck would lead and the runners would, you know, run along and then we'd, we'd keep catching up uh, to the truck and, and, and having water along the route. However, as the numbers grew over the years, um, you know how it goes. There's always, there's always somebody at the back, somebody at the front. You don't know whether you can keep up with the front runners. You want to accommodate them. You want to keep up with the back runners. You want to accommodate them. And so we started putting down water points at the garages. And then it, it's actually just become a thing now that we do it every 5Ks. And we put down water points on all our routes every 5Ks. And it's, it's just it's become a thing that um, it assists with more than just providing the runners with stuff, but also it's a point of safety. It's a point of checking in. It's, it's just, um, it helps with also turnaround points on our routes and that kind of thing. And um, if our routes are doing, sometimes they do loops, then, you know, we go past the same points. And, yeah, like I say, it's just become a thing of what we do now and what, what runners do expect. It also takes away that burden of them of running with their own water bottles and uh, running belts and all that kind of thing, yeah, um, which, which you, you don't need to do in races anymore. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a lovely feature. Uh, when when it was explained to me, I thought, well, that definitely be would uh, would be my running club of choice uh, from now on. Uh, but you say you you're reaching the the four figure mark in terms of membership. Um, do you still have place available for more? And if so, how do people go about uh, joining you guys? 
Okay. Well, yes, we do. Um, we don't, like last year, we don't turn away people um, at all. We've had, I think, only two weeks out of a whole year last year where, where nobody signed up. Um, so we accept membership constantly, um, you know, um, but we'll obviously have to, um, after, yeah, we'll have to accommodate new runners with licenses according to what's available with what's given to us. But if anybody likes to, wants to join us, all they need to do is phone, um, go to our website. We have an amazing website, uh, runzone.co.za. That's where you can get most of your starting information as well as our contact details. You can contact myself or Graham and drop an email to admin at runzone.co.za. And that's where we will invite you to fill out our membership form and uh, attend one of our club runs. Um, we also don't need to be a member to join um, our club runs. Uh, you don't need to be a member of the club. Um, however, after some time, if you feel left out, you may want to join in so that you can also share in the, the family vibe. But yeah, that's, that's what you can do is also just attend the run to see what it's about. And if you like it, you can take it from there. Thanks so much, Candice. Uh, yeah, we'll see you at your next event, the Run Zone Valentine's Laser Light Night Trial. That's on the 13th of February, taking place at Rand Park Golf Course. Uh, yeah, and as uh, she mentioned, if you want to get involved, you want to join, uh, log on to runzone.co.za. It is a fantastic website, undoubtedly one of the best out there when it comes to running clubs. Candice, thanks so much and happy running. All right, thank you so much for having us and happy running to you too. Thank you very much to Candice. What an incredible initiative uh, Run Zone is. But it is one of many, many clubs out in South Africa, and they're all doing great work. So congratulations to all and sundry. We'll be looking at another one next week. If there's one that you'd like featured, give us a, a ring. Let us know at Derek Alberts one or uh, info at Raider.media, and we'll do our best to cover all the clubs, uh, your favorite clubs, as we get this podcast rolling along. This is just episode one, so plenty more to look forward to. If anything else you'd like featured, uh, again, just let us know. We are here for you. Thanks for everyone uh, getting involved. Thanks to Darren. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to the contributors, as well as a big thank you to Bruce Fordyce. Man, what a legend. Uh, very keen to get those park runs, uh, more park runs under my belt. And yeah, what a nice challenge to set out to the listeners if there's... Um, if you're really, really keen to, to take it up a notch, uh, who knows? Maybe we can look forward to that century of park runs. Uh, it's a long way to go, especially for me. But if there's 180 out there, uh, it shouldn't be too tough. Just uh, going to take quite a while. Cheers. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Run Hunter, brought to you by Radar Media.